millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Relentless daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. And, um... This week, uh, we look at the uh, shenanigans that have been going on in Virginia. But first, I had interesting Twitter conversations uh, just this very evening. Uh, if, if you aren't on Twitter or on any of the other social meds, uh, the Space Force has put out a uh, uniform preview featuring that of their commanding general don't know who it is. All I know is that the uniform pictured had four stars, a space command, uh, shoulder sleeve insignia. And for some reason they had the American flag on the left sleeve and not the right, but I'm basing all of my uniform wear and appearance knowledge off of army regulation 670 dash one. So I don't know what reg the uh, Space Force uses. I'm assuming an amalgamation of all of them, seeing as how they're basically in charge of all of the uh, satellite communications, satellite intel divisions of the collective armed forces. But people were freaking out that Donald Trump he he chose he chose that. Um, I've got this very thread pulled up right now. Do do where a uh, a Vox writer I use that uh use that uh loosely. He retweeted. This is uh, Aaron Rupar. You, like I said, you can find him over at Vox. He tweet he retweeted the uh, Space Force photo, and he said Trump Space Force troops wearing camo in space is perhaps the strongest evidence yet that Idiocracy is a documentary. First of all, moron! If they're in the military, they're going to have a camouflage duty uniform. Not exactly an uncommon thing. Whether it's a soldier who, you know, a Marine wearing Marpat, Marine pattern, while floating around on a Navy vessel. Not a whole lot of bushes or sand if wearing the desert pattern for them to blend in with while on the boat granted air force may be doing some sort of ground training and need to blend in with bushes so they have theirs or the army obviously does a lot of stuff blending in but you know if you're an office drone um you know if you're a 41 paper pusher 
you really don't need camouflage for sitting in an office, but that's neither here nor there. Same thing can be said with the Space Force, especially when they're, you know, ground-type forces. Scuba Steve has entered the room. What's up, pretty princess? Glad to have you here. Um, But, you know, you have all this going on. And you're going to have guys who are running TACSATs, tactical satellite, uh, on the ground who are part of Space Force. They're going to need, you know, digital uniforms because face to face, because these are not actual astronauts, they're not up there killing space bugs, you know, all uh, Starship troopers. They're not killing, they're not taking on the hive or whatever it was called on Halo. These are just regular soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines trying to do their job involving, you know, space command and satellites and communications, Intel gathering, all that stuff. But someone, uh, made a comment, uh, another, Another journalist, uh, Julio Rosas, commented, you clearly know nothing how the military supplies the branches because they order a, an abundance of it, and if it's easier to have everyone wearing the same thing, guess what? Everyone's going to wear the same thing. Well, he made his comment, and then another Twitter user, perhaps you can educate us on purchasing procedures. It may help us figure out where in the supply chain Trump is collecting his kickbacks. Okay, well, that's a logical argument, except for one small little problem. When Cry Precision was selected to provide the multicams back in 2010, and the new Scorpion 2 pattern, or OCP as it's known in military parlance. Last time I checked, Barack Obama was the president. So if there's any president with the ability to take kickbacks from somewhere down the supply line... It would have been him, not Donald Trump. And so, and this is something I pointed out. The Scorpion 2 camouflage pattern was selected under the Obama administration. Go yell at him for his cronyism. And this is where it gets interesting. Christy M at Llama Love, L-L-A-M-A, L L U V because it's on a social media platform. It's not doxing. If I'm relaying a story, she's replied to me. It was chosen under the Obama administration for the space force that Trump started. Interesting. And a gif of some old lady saying, do tell me and all my experience. Respond, it was phased in in 
2015 as the Army's operational camouflage pattern, as well as other services outside the Marines, deploying to Afghanistan and Iraq. Who was the president in 2015? The fact that Space Force is using what is already available is irrelevant. I'm still waiting to be blocked for being right. I hope it happens. Because, you know, there's people who don't want to be educated. But, you know, we've all been there. Those people who you give them all the information that is publicly available. All you have to do is look for it. And it's like that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can give people all of the information that's available. You show it to them. Go, Look, it's right here. All you got to do is read. But you can't make them learn. You can't force them to learn something that they choose not to learn. They'd rather be willfully ignorant. That way they can be right in their own mind than to have all the information and be correct, even if it goes against what they want to believe. Um, and it's just absolute insanity, but it's a, you know, a little funny exchange I thought I would share with y'all, but really getting into it, um, there's everything has been going on with the, uh, Virginia stuff with their legislature, which is controlled by Democrats threatening laws, um, magazine size restriction, uh, AR bans, uh, restrictions on, I said magazine restrictions, uh, new red flag laws, you know, all this going on. And so on Monday is typically is, is used as they call it lobby day. Ordinary citizens can show up in Richmond and go, you know, see their representatives and discuss the issues in person. It's a tradition. Well, the uh, the governor has decided that. Well, we're going to uh, we're going to ban firearms on public on the state government lands and there is a Virginia law that says the governor cannot do this either. You know, in this case, he's using a declaring a quote state of emergency end quote. And he's using that as his excuse. To, well, we're going to ban all arms. Oh, it's, it's wait, wait, it's not just guns. We're banning. We're going to ban baseball bats, sticks, axe handles, chains, knives. And we're, we're going to fence in an area. And, you know, that you if you want to get in and, you know, go see your legislator, you can come in, but you can't have any of this. And while, while this is going on, Antifa is also getting worked up because the neo-Nazis are coming. The neo-Nazis are coming. 
because yeah, that's the justification that uh, Governor Blackface Northam is using because oh, we're we're having threats of violence by the by the white supremacists. Well, I guess there. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are not following along live in the chat box, uh, Kim says, "I guess there will not be any baseball being played in Virginia." No, no, they're not. Um, they're turning the area around the Capitol building into um, into Mudville. Except the game has been rained out, and there's no way that Casey can strike out when he goes up to bat. It's it's sad. Uh, Steve says, anybody tell Antifa that? I bet you Governor Blackface didn't tell them to leave their stuff behind when he invited them. I was going to go on record and say, I'm not accusing Governor Baby Killer to, of actually inviting Antifa. Uh, listening to some of the other shows I do, uh, there was a caller from Virginia who said that the uh, that group, I think it's called Seven Hills Antifa, they're around Virginia. They're pissed that their gun rights are being taken because how are they going to kill the neo-Nazis? Aw, Steve went on the record and said, I'm cool. I feel so special. But, um, like I said, but here we have a situation where they're restricting where people can march, which from, from a logistic standpoint of trying to figure out where do we need to, where do we need to have cops stationed to, you know, to better protect people. Uh, how can we, how can we best protect property? If, if you're, if you're controlling that access, I understand it, it, it does make sense. However, if you're now you're restricting people, the ability to defend themselves you're reducing routes that people can egress because I've seen a map. They have one main entry point for a fenced in area where you can, you know, walk around and protest and say, these laws are bad. These laws are bad with a handful of, emergency exits in case there's a fire or a threat you're 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 bottlenecking people in and if someone wanted to come and visit violence on this group whether it is antifa coming up with showing up saying screw your uh, no baseball bat rule so they show up they have ways that they can get in because these cops are pretty often told, ah, don't engage because you know, we don't want, we don't want the bad press. So, so now you have people who are able to, if they're able to get in 
and cause violence, then that's bad. If you have someone who is part of the pro-Second Amendment protest who decides that in an act of civil disobedience, he's going to rock out with his Glock out and be challenging the police to arrest him because he is safely exercising his Second Amendment right under the United States Constitution as well as Virginia state law. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find uh, a story that came up earlier. Ah, I will get to this in just a second. But um, you're, you have people who are trying to exercise their rights in accordance with the state law, in accordance with the Constitution. And if violence breaks out from one side, be it Antifa, be it retarded skinheads who show up and decide they want to start shouting how blacks are bad and we need guns, blah, 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 blah. Pardon me. This is, you're, you're, you're creating a powder keg moment to where no matter who starts any sort of violence, it's going to be the Second Amendment crowd who are blamed. Well, they wouldn't have been there if they hadn't shown up trying to start their little protest. Well, it, it why not put the blame on who it should go squarely on? It's not just the anti-gun groups. It's not just the pro-gun groups. It is anyone on either side who comes in wanting to start a fight. If there are pro-gun people who show up looking to swing back, they are just as wrong as those on the anti-gun groups, those on the let's go punch a Nazi side, let's go shut down those people who we don't agree with side, who show up in masks and swinging hammers and baseball bats. Both groups are just as liable for whatever happens. But we... Steve says, oh no, they blame, blame it on us when it started Boogaloo, which apparently is a now far-right code for civil war. Yeah. And it, it's a joke. I, all, I, all I know is that if it's a Boogaloo, it better be an electric Boogaloo. Because they got great music and break dancing is fun to watch. That's all I'm going to say on that one. But yeah, and and you do see people who who are coming out and they're posting the, you know, you know, when World War Three is breaking out, but we're going to Virginia to Boogaloo. I, the there are a handful of people who I guarantee. They're looking for the fight. They, they, they really are. 
And those people are, again, those people are just as bad as the ones showing up looking to cause violence and hate and discontent over, you know, people being able to exercise free speech and, you know, exercise their right to bear arms. But anyways, uh, there was a pro-gun group in Virginia that they tried to get an emergency injunction. I say tried. Going to Washington Post headline, Judge upholds Northam's ban on guns outside Virginia Capitol for Monday's rally. And this is uh, from earlier today. Richmond. A circuit judge upheld Governor Ralph Northam's temporary ban on firearms in Capitol Square ahead of Monday's gun rights rally, which is expected to draw thousands of armed activists from across the country. I want to stop there. Bringing in activists from, you know, pro-gun activists from around the country is no bueno. Because this is the same problem we have when, you know, March for Our Lives is trying to do a local is doing a local thing in Florida or wherever, but AFL CIO buses in people from Oregon, New York, Tulsa, Oklahoma to be able to you know do this anti-gun march. It's equally equally wrong that you know. This is a grassroots movement. Well, your grass has picked up and blown from five states away and put down roots. People, and they're going to eventually pick up their roots and they're going to blow back to wherever the hell they came from. But I digress. Back to the article. From Friday night until Tuesday, the weapons of... In- Weapons of any kind will be prohibited on the grounds of the Capitol under state of emergency. Northam, Democrat, said the precaution was necessary because of, quote, credible intelligence, end quote, that militias and gun right advocates are threatening violence at the rally. Again, diverting from the article, and this is me hot taking. The same credible intelligence as allowing him to do this would have what is the same credible intelligence that Donald Trump was getting reamed for using to kill Soleimani. Questionable at best, and it's all a matter of who you got it from. The same, you know, the same credible intelligence that told, that told us that Saddam Hussein was building chemical weapons and pursuing uh, buying yellow cake uranium to build nuclear weapons and therefore we have to go to Iraq and kill them is again who is it coming from what's the motivation for giving up this intelligence since the constitution trumps state law then the governor's ban on guns is unconstitutional therefore the ban is a moot point am I wrong uh, Kim, I don't think you are wrong because you cannot have a state law that supersedes the U.S. Constitution or federal or a federal law. Um, you 
you are correct. So why they think they can get away with that, I don't know. But again, there's there are judges who will look at the Constitution and say, oh no, that's a ban on the federal level. So under the federalist ideals, <clears throat> pardon me, under federalist ideals, you know, every state is a isn't is an experiment in democracy and blah, 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 blah. So if they want to say you can't do this, which between you and me, Virginia has a second amendment that is worded similarly, similarly to the federal that you cannot make laws attacking the right to bear arms. I said, that's just between us. They don't need to know that we know that. But uh, back to the article. Um, do, 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 do. Quote, this is the right decision. End quote. Northam said in a statement about Richmond Chief Judge Joy Jeter Taylor's ruling Thursday afternoon. These threats are real, as evidenced by reports of neo-Nazis arrested this morning after discussing plans to head to Richmond with firearms. Gun rights groups filed an appeal to the Virginia Supreme Court on Thursday evening. Earlier Thursday, the FBI arrested three alleged members of a white supremacist group on gun charges, in part out of concern over potential for violence at the planned rally in Richmond. Three were appearing in court in Maryland. So they're, they're out of state. Uh, more than likely, if the FBI had were surveilling them, that means the FBI probably knew they were already up to no good. So... So maybe they were talking about going there. I'm I'm going to assume they were all felons and they already had guns and that they're all being arrested for felons in possession of firearms. Which is kind of a federal no-no. Questionable under the Second Amendment, but upheld case law because constitutional law doesn't mean anything anymore according to a lot of progressive judges over the years but i digress northman announced the gun ban wednesday and it was quickly challenged in court by the virginia citizens defense league the rally's primary organizer as well as gun owners of america taylor held a whirlwind hearing on thursday afternoon and promised to rule quickly to allow time for appeals i'm sure Arguing for the pro-gun groups, lawyer David Brown told the judge that Northam's order was, quote, an unconstitutional restraint on rally-goers, end quote, that violated state law and infringed on protesters' right to arms, assembly, and speech. Taylor rejected that argument, quote, the Second Amendment right to bear arms is not unlimited, end quote. The judge wrote, citing a federal case that upheld a ban on weapons on U.S. Postal Service property. I'm just going to let that one set for a second. Philip Van Cleve, president of the VCDL, said after ruling that his group intended to appeal to the Virginia Supreme Court, quote, basically, I didn't hear anything in her ruling that made any sense in our case, so on to the next level, end quote. And so going back to the part on, well, you don't have the right to carry everywhere. The 
federal government already said so. Okay, there are places. Used to, you could carry a gun into a post office. And then a disgruntled postal employee upset with his management and his union representatives went in and killed the union representative and the manager. At which point they said, okay, uh, you can't bring guns here anymore. At a federal courthouse, you can't go in because you could be tar- you could be a criminal targeting a a prosecutor. <laughs> Kim says gone postal. Yes, that is where we get the expression gone postal. Good job. I'm glad I could share a little bit of history with you. Um, but yeah, you you can't carry firearms or any other weapons into a federal courthouse because you could be a criminal looking to kill a judge, kill a witness, kill a prosecutor. You could be an aggrieved family member of a victim of, say, uh, you know, a terrorist or uh, a mafia boss who's up on a federal trial and you're looking to kill the person who killed your family member. There are legitimate reasons. However, if you have 10,000 pro-gun persons showing up, protesting anti-gun laws, and you get a couple hooligans looking looking to start trouble, more than likely, they're going to be outgunned, literally, and the idea that they could be killed almost instantaneously if they started some sort of trouble is a pretty damn good deterrent to keep people from starting trouble. That's the reason why in states that have concealed carry, violent crime went down instead of going up. In the state of Texas in the early 90s, they did not have concealed carry. That changed after a person who had nothing to live for crashed his truck into a Luby's cafeteria in the wonderful armpit that is Colleen, Texas. No, there's not a lot of love for Colleen. I'm sorry. Four years there, thanks to the United States Army. Sorry, Colleen. You're still an armpit. Crashed his truck into a Luby's cafeteria and just started walking through and execution style popping people. Kim says we have CC now and our violent crime went down. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. But one of the big arguments, even after that, was that, well, Texas is going to turn to the Wild West all over again, and you're going to have gunfights in the street over a fender bender. How many how many times have we heard that bad argument? This The, the catastrophization of anything when it comes to Second Amendment rights and concealed carry. It, well, one of the women who was there at the uh, 
at that Luby's. I have seen her testimony before Congress, before the state legislature, talking about how she was legislated out of defending herself because she was not allowed to carry her revolver in her purse. So it was in the glove box of her car, but she'd been able to carry it. She even says, she may not have survived, but she would have at least had the opportunity and the chance to actually do something. And um, like I said you can find you can find her testimony on YouTube um, on the Penn Teller show bullshit. There's an episode about the Second Amendment where they where they play that clip. And it's absolutely just heartbreaking to hear about how maybe if more than one person had been carrying a firearm, they could have stopped that. Uh, we saw what happened a couple weeks ago with that uh, church shooting in uh, White Settlement, Texas. Two people died as a result of the shooter. And the shooter got his brain splattered against the church wall by an armed congregant of that church. But here in Virginia, they're concerned that, oh, we have people with guns. Oh, my gosh. There's going to be violence everywhere. I, I think it's a false argument. You know, going back to this article, uh, a Democrat-controlled rules committee last week imposed permanent ban on carrying guns inside the Capitol and a legislative office building. The court case heard Thursday did not challenge that ban. Again, I think there are prohibitions that are common sense. And if you're concerned that, you know, a politician may be assassinated inside a government building. It, it, it would stand as reasonable, you know, kind of like if a private institution, if, if I started, you know, started my own bank and loan and I didn't want people carrying guns into my bank and loan, it's my personal property. I can say I love you. I love I respect your right right to carry a gun, but you're not doing it in my building. Because I have lots of people's money here. And I don't want you um putting it at risk. Again, that's a private property thing. A public property thing, you do have to balance out, you know, safety. Again, a courthouse. You can't carry inside of a courthouse, federal or state or municipal, for very good reasons. But if you're on external property, you're not inside the building. I don't believe they should be telling you, no, you can't carry here. Anyways, back to this, led by Northam. Democrats who gained majorities in both chambers and the General Assembly in last fall's elections have pledged to enact a package of gun control measures this year. The Senate passed three gun control bills on Thursday, sending them to the House for its consideration. 
They would require background checks and all firearm sales, something that already happens if you're buying from a licensed distributor. This goes into private sales because you can't do what you want with your private property because how's the government going to know what you're doing? Cap handgun purchases at one per month. What I do with my money is my own damn business. I want to buy more than one handgun. That's my business. Get out of it. And let local government ban weapons from government buildings, parks, certain events. These are things that already exist. You don't see a whole lot of people at the county fair packing heat. But then again, if they are carrying concealed and they have the proper waist or the proper holsters or they're wearing clothes that are fitted for it, yeah, then you're not going to notice them carrying anyways. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, so if there's anyone listening to the show in Virginia, whether it's you're listening now or you are listening to this podcast between now and Monday morning. If you are planning on going to this event, be smart. If the stupid Antifa morons are trying to pick fights, walk away. If you are engaging in civil disobedience and you choose to carry, be it a long gun, be it a handgun, if you are wanting to rock out with your Glock out and in order to be arrested, that way you can make a make your statement. Do not fight the cops. Allow yourself to be disarmed. Willingly put your hands behind your back and comply with all orders from the police officers. They are not there to be harassed or harangued. They are there to do their job. They will take you down with force if necessary. So if you are there to be civilly disobedient, follow the first half of that phrase. Be civil. Don't do this. I know my rights bullcrap. The officer says, if you do not leave, you will be arrested. Say, so be it. Please disarm me. Let them take the gun, let them handcuff you, and haul you off. Make your fight in court. Do not make it on the street. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day when you're doing this. In all of his marches, he said, do not fight back. If they hit you with batons, they hit you with batons. 
Did they sick the dogs on you? They sick the dogs on you. Don't resist. You will lose any and all sympathy that you could garner through your arrests if you fight back. If you are intent on getting arrested, let it happen. Do not become, do not give them, do not give the left things they can use against us. Allow people to see it. See those cell phone videos go up on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube that look, this dude was just there supporting his gun rights and he got arrested. He didn't do anything. He didn't fight back. He let them throw the flex cuffs on, take his pistol off of him. And he went and did what he had to do. This is literally being the bigger person. Again, I am hoping to God there is no violence because this is a huge, huge powder keg moment. And all it takes is one moose knuckle from either side that can absolutely destroy any credibility that the right has when it comes to when when it comes to the Second Amendment debate. You have the people who are wanting to, quote, boogaloo, end quote. I don't think they actually will. But if you're going out there to be a martyr, be a martyr. Don't don't go out there and act the fool. Steve says, if only everyone were so reasonable, to quote Han Solo, I have a bad feeling about this. I do too. I am worried as all heck on that one. I'll be back right after this. Do you love what you hear on the Relentless Daring Podcast? Do you want to show the world your support for this podcast? This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, asking you to go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentlessdaring and check out our merchandise there. We have t-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee cups, travel mugs. Go there, check it out, use it to show the world your love for this podcast. And as always, stay relentless. All right, getting back. Oh, wow. I, I just love when you jump back on the microphone. It just comes back. It sounds like you're screaming in your own ear. Hi. Some uh, comments going back to the, the uh, first segment. The first segment that went 40-some-odd minutes. Wow. I'm get, not doing a very good job paying attention to my clock. Yeah. Oh, well, who cares? I'm not on radio, right? But, um... Yeah, I said don't be a martyr. Uh, Steve said he commented on it, said don't be a casualty either. 
And Kim said, the Bible says not to be a fool or foolish. Amen and hallelujah. So anyways, we are what? Three weeks out from the, uh, from the Iowa caucuses. I know, I know you're, you're listening to a conservative podcast or live show. Who cares about what the Democrat? Yeah, well, Democrats are going Democrat. But uh, looking at polls, there's uh, something that I found interesting. Is, um, uh, presidential approval polls. And this is uh, polls taken between the 15th and the 17th. Uh, presidential approval polls. YouGov has a couple of them. Uh, 731 registered voters. 43% approve, 50, 56% disapprove. I guess that's uh, 1%. Uh, I don't know. Again, uh, another 1,000 adults. 40% approve, 53% disapprove. This, again, presidential approval. YouGov, 743 registered voters. 42, 56, approve to disapprove. And then, again, it's a lot of uh, fairly substantial disapproval rates over approval rates. Then, um, gets down to a, a Rasmussen poll. 1,500 likely voters. These are numbers that actually matter. These are people who are it's like, are you going to vote? Yeah, more than likely, yeah, I will. It gets a little bit different. Uh, 49% approve, 50% disapprove. So you, you see all these poll numbers. Oh, Donald Trump is in the tank. He only had a 40% approval rating. Well, who are you asking that, that matters? Uh, if you're just asking adults in general, that's going to skew your numbers. Because, you know, on this one, you know, again, this is stuff that was added yesterday. 1,000 adults, that's a 13% deficit. Then you, if you skew it to registered voters, these are people who could vote. So what they say has a little bit more weight, you know, gravitas to it, if you will. You're still looking at, you know, 13, 14% uh, differences. Then you start getting to likely voters. Again, the ones who are, act, who are most likely to go out and say, go out and cast a ballot, it draws up a lot tighter, 49 to 50. This is get, starts looking more like 2016 all over again, where, you know, the polls were right in calling that, you know, Hillary Clinton was going to win the popular vote. They just predicted the wrong states and how they were going to swing. And three states and 70,000 votes for Donald Trump is all it took. But as you start looking at uh, some of these uh, early primary states, uh, California, that's a Super Tuesday state. 
you know, as, and not all this is taking the effects of the uh, the debate Thursday night into effect or into account, excuse me. But, you know, so far, it, in, like in California, against Super Tuesday State, it's a uh, 10% lead for Biden over Sanders. And Michael Bloomberg, who is pretty much ignoring all the early states and only going towards Super Tuesday states, he's still only pulling 5%. And these are uh, likely voters in California. Which is really weird that uh, Sanders and Warren are uh, only at 20%. Figured there they'd be, uh, you know, they'd be way up. But yeah, it's like, you know, again, coming down to another, uh, you know, presidential approval poll from earlier in the week. But again, 1,500 likely voters. Again, this is a Rasmussen. Donald Trump is a 51% approval rating. And it's, you know, people love to throw these national poll numbers out. And, you know, national poll numbers, you really have to look at who they're asking. If, you know, are they likely voters? Are they registered voters? Are they just asking random people? And just, you know, they don't care if they're going to vote or could possibly vote. Just this one, no. You know, and a lot of these... You know, same thing with the uh, national polls for, you know, all these Democrats, the 78 who are still running for president right now, because national numbers at this point don't mean a whole hill of beans. Not until you have, you know, you're looking at, you know, the nominee versus Donald Trump. And even then, if you're trying to predict how what's go, what the outcome of that election is going to be you have to look at 50 different polls for each state see see who's performing what how and where so there's some you know interesting things that, you know come up and it's pretty much going to do it for this tonight we don't have a whole lot um even after uh, the debates, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, Bernie Sanders supporters who weren't fond of uh, Elizabeth Warren, they don't like her even more. Elizabeth Warren supporters who weren't fond of Bernie Sanders, they think that he's a bigger misogynist and creep than they already did. Kim says, my question is, if Biden is a puppet, who is his master? He clearly isn't loose enough to do the job as president. That's a darn good question. Um, uh, maybe maybe his wife is going to pull a, uh, a Woodrow Wilson and just kind of use him as a uh, giant meat puppet and just she's going to be the actual president. I, I don't know. Need, we need to keep an eye on Jill. We don't know exactly what's going on with her. 
But anyways, this is pretty much going to do it uh, tonight. We don't have a whole lot left that I was going to go into. Um, but uh, some news is coming up. I'm working on some stuff with uh, with my merch. Uh, right now I'm with Spreadshirt. Uh, but there's been some issues there. Um, I'm not necessarily throwing them under the bus. It's just... I've, I've I've had some issues uh, with the management of of the shop, so I'm looking at possibly moving somewhere else and maybe more centrally locating everything instead of it. You know, my merch shop is over here, the website's over here, and whatever other projects going on over there. So, you know, just hopefully I can, uh, you know have something worked out here in the next couple months, you know, more streamline everything for y'all. Um, as usual, if you're, uh, if you're listening to the podcast on Apple, uh, please, 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 four things, the same four things I ask every week. If I remember to ask them, number one, subscribe, those subscribe, you know, you get the little ding whenever it comes in and, you know, also, you know, more subscribers helps the algorithm find more people like you who want to listen to some know nothing, you know, thinks of himself as an old guy, blithering idiot rant about politics. And I appreciate that. Number two, hit it up with that five-star review. The more five-star reviews it gets, the more it helps people like you find me. Then, number three, write a review. Feel free to embellish. Um, again, that five-star review helps people like you find me. They read your reviews. They go, oh, well, these people kind of like them. Maybe I'll give them a shot. And number four, share it. If you have a friend who thinks like you, like, hey, this guy's kind of entertaining. This guy's uh, got good analysis. I think you'll like what he has to say. Or maybe, uh, or maybe I'll say something that's just so absolutely triggering. You'll cause this person to lose their mind. I would like to be able to say that I helped with that. Feel free to share it with them. That's the number four. But again, uh, you always. You know, stream it, Apple, iTunes, iHeart, Radio, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. And they, the obviously, my gracious host at Podbean and the Podbean app. Or you can go to relentlessdaring.com slash podcast to check the back episodes out there. Or you can go check out the merch. I've got a few things posted up there. Click on the picture. It'll take you over to Spreadshirt where you can uh, see what else I have to buy. And also on the also on the uh, the website, you can link over to Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com slash relentlessdaring1. Become a patron, because early in the show, I used to say that I, have a, I do not have a shoestring budget. My budget is more like a piece of rotted twine I found out in the hayfield. I'm still still going working right along on that piece of rotted twine. 
So please, if you'd like to help me upgrade to having a shoestring budget, please go to patreon.com, hit up hit up the merch shop. All of that money, it goes back into the podcast and keep, helps keep it afloat. And anything I get from you all is greatly appreciated. It is a blessing. Again, thank you all for listening. I'm glad you're here every week or whenever you get a chance to actually go in and listen to the episodes on your favorite podcatching app. And again, as always, stay relentless. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.